The ancient Greek writer Plutarch wrote a series called Parallel Lives, where he compared some of the most famous Greeks to the most famous Romans. For example, Alexander the Great versus Julius Caesar. We love the idea, but with characters from the history of Westeros, as well as from the real world, with maybe a few surprises mixed in. This Friday, your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley! It's anger! Let me at him! Fear! Safety checklist is complete! Disgust! Ew! Ew! Sadness is in the house! Oh no! Hello! I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going! Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters Friday. Get tickets now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Plutarch himself was Greek, so as a nod to him, we'll start off extra Greek-themed for this first one. Achilles versus Prince Daemon Targaryen. You've probably already heard of Achilles from Greek mythology, but you probably didn't know that it's contested whether or not the name Achilles itself is of Greek origin. And you also probably didn't know that Daemon is definitely of Greek origin. Plutarch never did a parallel lives on Achilles, perhaps because so much of his audience was Roman, and the Romans traced their lineage to Troy, so they really didn't like Achilles at all. In fact, they looked on him as a villain but also because Achilles is mostly or entirely mythical. It's possible some of the details about him are accurate or inspired by truth since lost to time, but that's the essence of what separates myth from history in the first place. The best source for Achilles is the Iliad, but even the Iliad wasn't the original source in its own time and was written down maybe four to five hundred years after the events of the Trojan War. Fire and Blood, the best source on Prince Daemon Targaryen, as well has this quality, which is that some of the details recorded about him are uncertain and or contested. Since Achilles is one of the most enduring warrior figures of all time, it's only natural that he's compared to so many other warriors who have existed in fiction or the real world. Repetition of this concept across so many centuries has made some of his traits part of the template for the proverbial peerless warrior. Most are fast and strong, or at least one of the two. It's hard to be heroic without bravery, too, though there are exceptions. Skill and luck are obviously potent as well, but ultimately these are all pretty generic things, right? For a character to truly channel the man whom the Trojans feared so much, you'd have to get a bit more specific. Such as what Prince Daemon in House of the Dragon Season 1 Episode 3 looked like. And that's where we'll start. What they looked like. Both have long hair. In the Iliad, Achilles is only one of four mortals described as Xanthoi, which is light-colored, maybe blonde. Other sources have him chestnut-haired. The enduring visual for many English-speaking nations and beyond is Brad Pitt's version in Troy because it was so widely seen. It's not quite the same as Prince Damon's white blonde, which there's no dispute about, but both had hair of color uncommon to their respective countries. Most ancient Greek peoples were brunette or black-haired. Now, white blonde hair is common for Valyrians, but Damon lives in Westeros and there aren't that many Valyrians left. Right away, it's hard not to notice the horsehair-plumed helmets, right? So they've got a real similar helmet-hair combo thing going on. Achilles led the Myrmidons, which means ant people, and their brown-black armor was meant to resemble ants. In the Iliad, Achilles' armor is actually bright bronze and silver, but he loses it to Hector. Rather, Patroclus loses it to Hector while pretending to be Achilles, an effective trick because the armor is so distinctive it could belong to no one else. Of course, the masquerade backfires for both Patroclus and Hector, as it turns out. Patroclus is killed by Hector while in disguise, which prompts Achilles to seek revenge and kill Hector, but not without getting some new armor first. He gets just that from the actual god of fire and volcanoes, Hephaestus. 
included with the armor is an incredible shield. It's hard to say what either the shield or the armor looked like, but over the centuries there have been a number of depictions befitting the fancy descriptions. House Targaryen originated amidst the 14 flames of Valyria, which are volcanoes. Daemon's armor might not have been forged by a god, but it's awfully fancy too with rubies and dragons and all. In the show, it's said that his helmet is part Valyrian steel, which might be on par with Hephaestian steel. Hmm? On a related note, Achilles, in the more fantastical versions of his story, is said to be invulnerable except at the heel, because as an infant he was either dipped in the river Styx or burned on a brazier. The burning part sounds particularly Targaryen, especially with the visuals we've seen of their eggs resting on coals. But if Achilles was invulnerable, why did he need armor? Besides, there are several examples in the Iliad where he's wounded and bleeding. These exaggerations are not surprising after all, though, because, again, the tale grows in the telling. Even if you read about him as soon as possible, the tale of Damon is a bit newer, but already his legend is growing, and his family is not young, nor the place House Targaryen once called home, Valyria. And with that come exaggerations and a few outright falsehoods, too. His family's used to it, given what's been believed of Targaryens both in-world and by the fandom, like the idea they're immune to fire, kind of like Achilles. With him, the original portrayals are of a man of such skill and speed that few even get the chance to harm him, let alone land a blow. Not that weapons literally couldn't harm him. This is a basic similarity with Damon as well. In the Stepstones, he cut down many during his mad charge, and no melee weapons dealt a blow of any significance. Only arrows stopped him, and only after a huge number had missed first. If you recall your Greek myths, a famously placed arrow in what we call the Achilles tendon, or Achilles heel, which are more examples of his enduring fame, by the way. It's said to be what finally stopped Achilles as well. Though this is not in the early sources either. Other versions still just say arrows killed him. It just, they differ on whether or not it was the heel. Arrows were almost the end of Damon as well, but helped arrived in time and he rose again to fight anew and win and fight another day, plenty of other days. If you were one of the men in the Stepstones in his company, if you saw him charge into all those men and arrows and come back alive, you might believe the gods were on his side too. You might not have any other explanation. Regardless, you'd tell the story often and loudly, most like, and if a few exaggerations made it into the narrative from your mouth or those who repeated it after, well, that's again the tale growing in the telling, but this time right there in action, isn't it? Achilles was said to be so fast that he had wings on his feet. Damon certainly seemed fast, that's part of why the arrows kept missing. And though he doesn't have wings on his feet, his dragon does. Both were born princes, and thus were able to acquire the best of training from an early age, that certainly helps, and they started commanding men much older than them when they were only teenagers themselves. In terms of meaning, the name Achilles is not entirely clear, but it's derived from words associated with glory and distress in war. This is more than fitting with what we know of him. When he's got the right attitude, there's no better fighter to lead you and yours to victory and glory, but if he's upset, he will bring you great distress. A lot depends on his mood. That... Totally sounds like Damon Targaryen too, doesn't it? With regards to meaning, remember that Damon is actually a Greek word. It's a being partway between God and human, which fits nicely with the idea that Targaryens are oft considered more like gods than humans. Achilles himself was said to descend from Zeus. While not immune to fire, there's evidence that Targaryens do have extra resistance to heat and disease and may possess actual dragon blood in their fantasy DNA, so all that kind of fits. Earlier, I pointed out that Achilles sought revenge on Hector for killing Patroclus. The movie Troy depicts this by having Achilles ride to the walls alone in a single chariot and repeatedly yell for Hector to come out and face him in single combat. In the Iliad, Achilles chases Hector around Troy three times before he's able to overcome his fear enough to stand his ground. In both cases, this all comes after like 10 years of Greek forces being at Troy. 
In House of the Dragon, episode three indicates that three years of war have occurred. Not quite as long, but quite a while. And it begins with Damon getting quite close to the enemy caves on his dragon and repeatedly yelling for Prince Drehar, the crab feeder, to come out and face him. In the Iliad, Hector eventually faces Achilles, but dies rather ignominiously, not unlike the crab feeder does. Ultimately, not much of a contest. The crab feeder is no Hector, but he did at least wear bronze to accidentally match with our Bronze Age comparison. In both Troy and the Iliad, Achilles drags the body of Hector afterwards, so does Damon drag the body of Prince Drehar, well, half of it. It's important to remember as well when discussing heroism that heroic deeds, even lots of them, don't necessarily make someone heroic overall or a good person. In fact, their unvirtuous aspects are arguably where Damon and Achilles have the most in common. Thanks to the combination of an enormous amount of pride and a perceived slight, both famously sulked for a very long time after having something taken away. In Achilles' case, a woman named Briseis was taken from him by King Agamemnon. For Damon, it was King Viserys taking away his status as heir. Neither really deserve what they're sulking over, either. Briseis was a queen taken as a prize of war, a.k.a. a slave by Achilles. And Damon's claim as heir to the throne is pretty questionable, too. Damon also acted out when not getting a particular woman he had his sights set on, also a royal woman. Each repeatedly refuses to relent and openly begins to undermine their former allies and countrymen. Achilles goes so far as to wish for the Greeks to start losing so that they'll beg him to return, while Damon is perfectly willing to make his brother the king look soft to get his attention. As Lord Corlys and others pointed out, this in turn emboldened the enemies of the Iron Throne who saw opportunity in that weakness. The crab feeder in particular took advantage of that for a while. For a final fun example, the writer of the movie Troy was David Benioff, co-creator and showrunner of HBO's first Game of Thrones. This is apparently a coincidence, as he's got nothing to do with House of the Dragon at all, but still, it counts as a parallel. It's amazing that some of the oldest stories remain among the most popular. Who knows if stories from Westeros will still be told thousands of years from now. But given that characters like Achilles are still around and having shows and movies made about them thousands of years later, it's definitely possible. We first brought up the comparisons between Damon and Achilles during our House of the Dragon Season 1, Episode 3 review episode. Make sure to check out those for full coverage of the show. If you like this episode of Parallel Lives or have a pairing you'd like us to consider, let us know. Each episode of Parallel Lives going forward is going to end with clues for the next episode so you can guess what they'll be next time around. In the next episode, both characters will be from Westeros. Huge man, knighted at 16 by a Targaryen, ultra-violent, notable repeated examples of extreme cruelty and brutality. This apparently includes kinslaying. There's a famous incident where they were enraged enough to kill a horse. And they appeared to have been mortally wounded, but rose again under the care of a practitioner of dark magic. Remember, there's two answers. Can you name both characters? If so, comment your guesses below. We'll reveal and discuss the parallels in the next episode of Parallel Lives. Make sure to click the notify button so you can see the character reveal as soon as it goes live.